0: Hello and welcome to Live Fix Radio. This is Chris.
1: This is Colleen.
0: And we have a, uh, a great show for you today. Uh, we're focusing on... Uh, what's the... so great about this show? It's about live music. I mean, what's greater than live music? Really. Right? That's what's I mean, so great about this show. I mean, why should people listen to us? Because we're talking about concerts. I mean, concerts, they allow you to escape, celebrate, meet new people, you know. Maybe learn something about yourself that you didn't know before, you know. And this show in particular, Colleen, I, I I know we were just kind of creating it a couple of minutes ago, but uh, this one's about very first concerts. So we have a, a, a guest on the show today that uh, we we met with um, one of uh, one of our fans, uh, you know, a fellow live music fan. Well, now he is uh, my cousin, uh, Matt. Uh, he is uh been living in chicago for the last couple years and uh has been living down the street from one of the best venues in chicago in 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 the nation actually my opinion in many people's opinion uh the metro in chicago so classic music venue he's been living in the area for about two years and hasn't gone to a concert yet so uh there but uh that that is no longer we uh the music we were listening to as we came into the show is from a band called Group, Group Love. Group Love played in uh, Chicago a couple weeks ago, and that was Matt's very first show. So we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about first concert experiences. We're going to talk about what he felt, what he noticed, uh, some very interesting things that he picked up, uh, and, and you know we talked right after the show, uh, right after uh, you know his very, very first, what I like to call sacred concert event, sacred moment in anybody's life, is the very first show they go to, right?
1: But first, we got to get to music news, live music news. Yeah, we got It's not just music news because there's a lot of websites out there, a lot of podcasts that do
0: music news. Are you picking fights?
1: But I mean, this is actually we don't pick fights on Live Fix. It's actually live music.
0: Okay. News. Okay. No fights. No you're fights just, You're tonight. just showing our uniqueness as a, a live music only podcast, right?
1: I'm just questioning. Is, okay. there, is there anything wrong with that? Right? No. No. Okay.
0: No. So I'm looking at uh I'm looking at your screen here and I, I'm seeing a little uh well it looks to very similar to like nipplegate, but it looks like it was choreographed. So what, what are you what well, are you looking at? I will there?
1: tell you that this is something very, happened to Madonna. Does
0: Madonna do something? This is
1: very X rated, what we're gonna talk about right now. It's
0: not X rated? It's like PG thirteen.
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean I okay, we'll let we'll let the listeners decide, but the reality is is that Madonna's been showing some body parts lately. Yeah. She's been showing so. some skin.
0: But again that's on
1: stage say. for hundreds, this thousands Ma- of people. This is
0: Madonna everybody I mean, and YouTube. Jeez. Which, you know? you
1: know, YouTube is like millions of people. Okay. So it's all out there. It's all out there at this well, point. So what um, happened? And we can't we, we can't uh, turn turn back. So it started um we all know Madonna's fifty-three, okay. Wow. So and actually I think, man, I mean you've got she looks some... pretty good
0: for fifty-three, I mean to be quite honest.
1: Yeah. I mean she doesn't look too bad. Mother she's a mother of fifty-three. Um
0: just hosted the you know, the Super Bowl halftime show, you know? Okay.
1: Yes, absolutely. So... so in Istanbul she decided to um during her song, Human Nature, she decided to um expose I don't know if we can say this on air, right? A boob. She exposed a boob.
0: Boob. You can okay, say boob. You can say yeah. boob. Okay. Yeah. Boob. So. um... Everybody knows what that is.
1: And it's pretty. I mean, Please, if you uh, if you, you YouTube should. it or Google it, I mean, it's pretty much all over the internet.
0: You, you're you can, really worked up about this. You actually see this. I'm really surprised.
1: Well, it's you know, I mean, it's kind what of. What is this a, about
0: this story that have you ever seen something like this like happen a, at a show before?
1: I have not you, personally. You've never you never
0: had anybody flash no anything like that at you at a show. Um, like an artist. You never seen an artist bear I, themselves. I don't recall. No, we've artist. seen some fans jump around naked. Correct. Correct. Be, you photograph some fans jumping around naked, yes. which is kind of interesting.
1: Yes, yeah. But never but an I, artist. I don't know. I you don't never know what it's about an artist. This. You
0: never photographed photographed an artist.
1: No, but I don't know what it's. I don't know what's about this. But it's sort of intriguing I mean, I can't believe she would do that. To me, it's just kind of. But this is
0: Madonna. It, it is Madonna. She has a whole book. She's made a whole book about sex No, I know, but she's, she's
1: older. She's, she's supposed to be more mature. 50 she, is, I don't know. 50
0: is the new 30, right? Is that what...
1: Okay. You know, or well, maybe she's entitled to, to do what she wants on stage. Um, but maybe there's a little, maybe she feels a little competition. You know, she's got Lady Gaga, who does some weird stuff that she's sort of competing with a little bit now. And yeah. some of the other stars who kind of are doing some odd stuff on stage. You know, she's now, competing.
0: this may be a little weird, and we may have to edit this, but I don't think we will. But if her boob was, like, meat or something, you know, and she, like, ate her boob, maybe that would be controversial. But this is, like, 2012, and Lady Gaga is doing things that are, you know, getting headlines Far more than what Madonna used to do in the '90s or the you know the '80s to get headlines. Like this to me is just like, okay, it's your boo, Madonna. Now I will say though, like, what's the context of it? I will say,
1: well, it's the song "Human Nature." And I don't know if the song, <laughs> I don't know quite all the lyrics, but I think it was sort of the song that uh-huh. she decided to, you know, this, you know, human and. Um, body. Were you really
0: interested in this? Well, in the, in this no, story?
1: I'm not saying I'm really interested. How does this?
0: How does this compare to uh, Janet Jackson Super Bowl Nipplegate?
1: Well, I wardrobe think, malfunction. I always think that we interpret stories based on our kind of like or um, fascination with that person. Mm-hmm. So Madonna, I've always. Loved, I mean, I grew up. You know, I was an '80s kid, so Madonna. Were you was, disappointed
0: that she did that? Or are you I'm disappointed, disappointed that you were not? I'm in the...
1: shocked, probably somewhat. Oh. I mean, you feel I don't left know out if it's disappointed.
0: Because you weren't in the crowd to experience it live? No,
1: absolutely not. I think YouTube's just enough for me.
0: Well, what was interesting is that when you were describing this story to me, you described it as I witnessed it, and I had to stop you and say, No, you didn't witness it. You saw it on YouTube. That is not the same as witnessing it. the same it, thing. What do you mean? Right? I,
1: I witnessed it right on. I mean, I didn't witness it live. But I mean, you, you look at the YouTube video, I and mean, it's like you're right there. But you weren't. Well, I wasn't right there, but YouTube has allowed us. Would you want to be, want to be right there? Would
0: you want to be front row to see Madonna's boob? I. No, probably you, had to not. Th- you had to think about that. For no,
1: a I, bit. I liked I liked the YouTube video version actually myself. But um, not only is she sewing her her boob, but apparently, but. She is also showing her derriere as well. Uh, of course, and you so after can't, all you, you can't this, stop
0: at the boob. Well, and I mean, after right? all
1: this was brought up, all of the internet, she decided that on her next at her next show in Rome, she was going to show her derriere. So, um,
0: so she's choreographing this stuff.
1: I, yeah, I don't, you know. And then the bat. It's, it's not got like a, I don't know if it's a fake or real. Any of those Madonna fans out there I'd like to get this clarified, but. She's got a tattoo that looks like either writing or it's, it's a real tattoo, and it says no fear on her back. Hmm. And she makes sure that she shows that as well. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, the tour is still going on, so there may be more to be revealed. Well, you know, deals. there's an
0: interesting twist to this too, you know, and it goes to back to one of the things that we had talked about before about making the live music experience unique for the fans. If this is the only time that she does that on the tour, that's pretty that's, – that's unique. But if she starts to do this and it gets to be, like, repetitive and gratuitous and just, like, just doing it to do it, then that's, then that's even lamer than just doing it itself, right? I mean, if those are the only fans to see her boob during the show during the, or during the tour, then that's something that, you know, people can tweet about. People can say, hey, you know, and there's all kinds I was of there comments. when Madonna showed her boob. And I was a- the only fan. It's
1: amazing. There's all kinds she of comments. Do that and
0: she only did it in Istanbul and nowhere else. Istanbul was the best tour stop because they saw her boob.
1: <laughs> it's interesting because there's a lot of comments um, that I'm, I'm, I'm seeing here based on this. And the oh, one yeah? comment someone put. What are, what someone, are, what are, what are comment, they saying? Someone put um, sad, exclamation mark. Uh, someone put um, okay. Sad someone, why?
0: What? Because he. Like you, they weren't there or sad because she's no sad
1: because she's she's kind of they they feel sorry for her, you know that kind of sad. It's kind of
0: come to this that she's had to Um, do.
1: And then someone asked, "Getting desperate, aren't we now?" Ah. Question mark. And then someone put, "Same clown, different circus."
0: These fans are getting so, creative here. They are. I wow. mean, I, there's a lot well, of Well, Hey, comments. if you were in Istanbul or if you've been to a Madonna show, you know, she's done a lot of shows, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. We'd love to hear your Madonna stories. We want to hear a Madonna fan story if you're at this particular show in Istanbul. Uh, give us a call. We got a concert fan hotline 773-609-4341. Tell us your Madonna boob stories. You know we are very interested. Or you,
1: maybe you saw Madonna in her heyday else. and she did something else on stage. Yeah, I'd like to hear that or how or how the performance was. Um, we also have some celebrities commenting on this. Uh, Piers Morgan uh, tweeted most embarrassing, cringe worthy, desperate moment in the history of music. That's oh, come what he on. tweeted. So, but then we have some people kind of backing her up. Actress Christina Applegate, um, reading Twitter this AM, and there are all these tweets about Madonna and her nipple flash. And we are shocked because, question mark, what I'm saying is it's not like Sarah Palin had a nip slip, it's Madonna. Yeah. So there's some, there's a lot of people kind of defending her, and then some people saying, hey, what's the deal with, you know, this is kind of immature. Okay. Yeah
0: interesting fans let us know give us a buzz uh drop a you know comment on livefixblog.com on the show notes we'd love to hear what you guys think tell us what tell us what your uh what your thoughts are about madonna and her uh her boob situation all right uh moving moving along so we are in the heart uh we're, we're approaching it well summer concert season has uh officially kicked off there's music festivals going on all over the country all over the place West Coast, East Coast, down south, everywhere. So here in Chicago, we just came out of uh, Blues Fest in Chicago, um, very popular fest, free festival down in uh, the um, downtown area. If you were there, we'd love to hear your, you know, your experiences. Um, you know what, uh, what shows did you enjoy the most? Mavis Staples. There was a tribute to uh, the women, uh, tribute to uh, blues women. On, uh, on Sunday so if you were there we've seen Mabel Staples before one of the best shows I saw last year and probably one of the best shows I've experienced as a concert fan so if you have Blues Fest stories we'd love to hear what you guys thought of it uh, also Bonnaroo uh, recently wrapped up so there's uh, tons of stories there we just had a, our, our last show was all about whether or not Bonnaroo uh, you know competing for a spot at Bonnaroo what does that do to a band's competition you know so we just uh, talked with some bands that played there. And, you know, fans, tell tell us your stories. You know, you want to hear your Bonnaroo stories, right? And you have... Uh, Bonnaroo is
1: uh, huge this year. There were right? two weekends yeah. full of, of concerts. So
0: No, that, that was Coachella.
1: Oh, Coachella. Coachella. Sorry. There's so many of them.
0: Yeah. yeah. I can't keep track of them. We got Bonnaroo just wrapped up. Uh, you know, we have... Um, what else we got? Uh, so is coming up, but uh, this weekend in Chicago is uh, a first festival. It's kind of expanded, but it is marking the, the world takeover uh, uh, you know again and there's been some interesting things written about you know the rise of electronic music. It's kind of you know it, it arrived in the 80s, arrived once again in the you know early mid 90s with you know electronic and then here it is again at the peak of uh, you know it's in pop music mainstream so chicago we've had our we have our first uh you know live music festival specifically celebrated and anchored on live music which is the spring awakening festival taking place in uh Social field uh this this coming weekend and there's one band that's playing that we've had a chance to see at uh midnight Cons- midnight conspiracy was the band we saw earlier this year and they had a really interesting uh uh, st- stage structure that um, represents kind of an eye, and uh, we'll uh, we've done some interesting experiments about that, and um, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk with the band and see what uh, what you know how playing. Uh, we saw them at uh, Lincoln Hall, which is a, you know, a small venue. They've mo- since moved on. They're going to be playing to a larger crowd uh, at the Spring Awakening Festival. So um, go ahead and check it out. You know we got uh, uh, Skrillex is uh, headlining. Along with a bunch of other uh, other bands, so electronic music Fe- music festival in Chicago, very special thing. Obviously, uh, you know house music is a big part of Chicago. So, uh, if you guys are going out to Spring Awakening Festival, you got a story. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say about that live music in general, uh, or you know, or specifically to uh, uh, electronic or uh, EDM as they call it, electronic digital music um, live music experiences. Um, what else? Geez, we got uh, lots, lots of stuff. We had to actually cut out a bunch of news, news stuff here. So, uh, so busy. So, holograms. We got, were, we were talking about Madonna and uh, you know, wardrobe, choreography malfunctions on this, purpose. This
1: continues to get out of hand. I would say. I mean, it just seems so, like- so,
0: so now we have, you know, the hologram, the whole hologram thing, right? Tupac. You were just talking about Coachella. That's where the hologram debuted. Now we got Marilyn Monroe tossed in there, and there's some controversy. So basically, the controversy is that um, the Marilyn Monroe estate does not want to release, you know, there's some uh, legal battles going on. Uh, the um, Digiton Media wants to be able to uh, hold a uh, concert with a virtual Marilyn mixed in with live performance. But the Marilyn Monroe estate says, no, we don't want to do that. You don't have the rights to do that. And they're kind of going back and forth over uh, some, you know, saying that this is a, a reproduction not of her uh, herself, but, you know, of a, a new persona of Maryland. So they don't have the rights over this new, this new Maryland. And there's even some interesting things coming about that uh, the Tupac hologram technically might not have been even a, a hologram. Um, with that, so this whole thing starts to uh, you know it, uh, continues to evolve. Develop, right, but uh, you got some other other artists. Well,
1: apparently? I also um, found some interesting news in regards to Jim Morrison' as a state and Jimi Hendrix' estate. They both are currently in the works to develop what they call a multimedia experience featuring lasers, lights, high quality sound, vibrations, projected imagery not to mention the band, and Morrison, in 3D. Hmm. So they're not. They're talking um. about a hologram, but they're also mentioning 3D and different lights and stuff like that.
0: So Going to the concert with 3D, 3D glasses and maybe even I mean, some augmented reality, huh?
1: Absolutely. I some mean, just, there's so much that's kind of coming out, and eventually, I mean, what, what's it? We're going to be able to see a live show in our house? We're just going to pop in a projector or a... Hologram Machine, and then listen to, uh, you know, Jimi Hendrix play right in front of us?
0: I think it's an opportunity, like uh, Darlene in our last podcast, Darlene Doyle with Sonic Bids. you know, she brought up some interesting topics about wanting to be actually a part of the choreographed dance uh, hologram of Michael Jackson, because she she has a dance background, and she wanted to be a part of, you know, not watch him perform, but be in the performance itself as a fan, choreographing, because she loves dance. So hey, you might have some guys that want to be have always wanted to play with Jimi Hendrix.
1: This kind of scares me though because
0: I feel like if they've gone and they're they're dead at this point, they passed away.
1: I mean, really, do we want to bring them back or do we want to like start um, watching and seeing new artists? I mean, I don't. I mean,
0: will that make uh, obviously these are legendary
1: people? But right, do we want to to I mean, can we can recreate? What if the hologram? Is not really as good as the real person. I mean, if I was a real person, I'd be mad if that if they were coming back wow. to life and I don't know. they didn't sound too well or they didn't right. look too good. I'd kind of like to lay rested. You know, maybe, I did my time. I played my music, and yeah. people can remember me by that. Not you know. A but maybe holograph. there's
0: something to be learned from having these guys come back because I've always thought that. And wondered how would music be if Jimi Hendrix was still alive, you know? Uh, Elvis was still alive, uh, you know. All these guys were were still alive to see and influence music today. Would they? Ha- what kind of influence would they have? So, if they bring these guys back, they can interact and they can learn, you know, from that. What would you know? Maybe it was an opportunity to improve the live music experience because these guys are some of the best live performance live performers to ever. Play on stage, so maybe there's something there. There's a benefit to bringing it back because live music has never been more important than it is today, as far as the music industry goes. You know, touring, but I don't think a hologram you know? can
1: create music.
0: But what about the human mind and you know how we how we perceive that you know and what actually goes on between our between our ears and in our brain and how we're how we're processing that you know? That's what I'd like to know. Remains to be seen, though, right? So the hologram continues. I think uh, we have to have just a show all about holograms, uh, apparently. Maybe we, you know, if Maybe you're listening... We need to get, need, need to get a
1: creator you're, you're, of one of the holograms on.
0: Yeah, if you know anything about these holograms, you know somebody who has uh, designed them, we'd love to have you uh, have you on the show. Contact us, livefixblog.com, and uh, let us know what you think. And uh, we'd love to have you on the show, kind of answer some questions about this whole hologram hologram thing, right? So... Our, our last piece of news here is uh you know we're um we're going to be talking about uh matt uh, matt's first show uh which took place at the metro and Metro is celebrating thirty years coming up in uh, in july so uh this conversation that you're about to hear is uh, is a piece of history so you know hundreds hundreds of thousands of music fans have uh walked through the the doors of of metro so uh, we, we've spent a lot of time talking about live music, uh, specifically happening at the Metro, um, for, for a reason, because it's it's a historic venue. So it's, uh, it's fantastic to be able to get a fan on the show here to talk about his first time at Metro. And there's some pretty interesting things that uh, Matt talks, uh, talks about. So here's that interview with Matt. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about some other experiments that we've started uh, involving the sweat of uh, Johnny Cash at Folsom Prison. And then also some other first uh, concert experiences uh, revol- uh, revolving around Rolling Stone, what people are doing on Twitter, um, some of you know, our favorite first live music experiences and what we remember about them. Is it the music? Is it the smell? Is it the people we're with? We're going to take all that. We're going to explore it on the, uh, on the flip side of Matt's interview. So here's, uh, here's my chat with Matt, and we'll see you in a bit. It's a huge honor to uh, to have you on the show and to uh, share what we just shared at uh, Metro for the first time, so tell us what it was like you know this was i didn't I didn't understand that this was your first <laughs> concert ever, so uh, take us take you know take me through what uh, what you just experienced
2: Well, I was a little worried because it being my first show, I didn't want it to be a bad one um, so I could say that it took so long to choose a show because I was doing a lot of research, but that would be a lie. Um, I did a little bit of research and uh, saw a couple bands on the website that were interesting to me, and then came across Group Love, <coughs> excuse me, and um, saw Colors on YouTube and really, really liked it. So I was like, pulled the trigger, and said, this is this is the one. So and I was not disappointed at all.
0: Yeah, I guess we should uh, tell people why we're here. You know, I lost a bet, so this is uh, this night is like two years, almost or a year and a half, a A year and a half, right? Year and a half in the making. So, uh, you've lived in Chicago uh, for what do you say, a couple years now? Two years. Uh, You you live in a sweet spot here. I won't give the exact location of where you live, (laughs) but you live uh, walking distance from the metro. So one of the one of the coolest venues uh, in the country. And um, so, what did you think when you're walking? Uh, you, you're walking in there. What's uh, what was it like for the first time?
2: It was dark. Uh, I kind of expected when we walked in there to be you know lit up until the show started, but it was pretty dark. Kind of a blue, blue lights on the stage, and it was a lot of fun. You could really feel the energy from the band, is from both bands really, and from the crowd. So it was it was great.
0: I noticed you know some show uh, some songs uh, you just kind of let it kind of wash over you and then some songs you wanted to you know video uh what 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 kind of got you where you wanted to video i know you were looking forward to some songs at the end the encore and everything but what uh what was kind of going through your mind when you were watching that and kind of spurred you on to want to record it or or just let it wash over you
2: i kind of thought well what am i really going to want to listen to again afterwards um, and what do I think other people want to hear afterwards because I like group love I kind of want to spread that group love quote unquote to other people so um, the the songs that I decided to record uh, were other really cool things like the, uh, the strobe light drum solo thinger um, and of course colors and a couple of the songs the Whitney Houston cover I quick got my camera back out to get that one <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, that was that was pretty sweet. Kind of caught me off guard. That was yeah, that was good. I'm glad you uh, glad you caught that. My phone died, so you're uh, you're you're the guy with the uh, with all the video goodness now.
2: I was trying to m- imagine I was you and figure out what you would record, but it was really just what I liked is what I recorded. And I mean, I liked it all, but I didn't have enough space to record it all. Plus, I was trying not to piss other people off by having my camera up in the, <laughs> up in the air the whole time, blocking blocking space. So. Um, I, I mean, I can't even say enough. I'm kind of a little bit still overwhelmed at at the experience. It was awesome. I can't wait to to go again.
0: Nice. Well, that's interesting. You said that you were, you know, you, you you wanted to record it, but you didn't want to get in people's ways. I mean, this is your first show that you've been to at a venue like this, and just concerts in in general. You know, so that's the first time that you've been at a show to have the opportunity to, you know, put your camera up and all that kind of stuff and. You know, we've been to a lot of shows, and you kind of get used to it. But you're, you said that you felt kind of, you know, you didn't want to get in anybody's way, you know, so, so you were kind of cautious then of everybody around you.
2: Yeah, I was like, there's a couple things that are recorded where I only recorded about a minute or so, so I didn't get the entire thing just for that reason. But the two songs at the end, I kind of said screw it and and just because I wanted them for my sake so um and of course the guy in front of us had his arms up the whole time so um that was a little annoying but I mean they're experiencing experiencing it how they experience it so I can't be mad at them for it or anything like that but I guess people just experience it how they feel like they you know they do what they want to so which is okay and especially in that kind of atmosphere
0: You've also done some performing yourself, you know. As uh, you performed a uh, barbershop uh, before, you know, on a stage and you know in front of people. So, what was it like, uh, you know, being an audience member? And did you think back to any of your performances, you know, or anything that where you performed as a as a barbershop before, or any any of that kind of factor into tonight?
2: A little bit. I mean, I mean, I, I definitely can kind of understand how it feels to be up on stage in front of people just in, in the barbershop sense and in other vocal things that I've done since. Um, but at the same time it's they're you know, they're apples and oranges really. I mean not just music based but just what they're doing and the audience, you know, totally different audiences <laughs> for both of them. But um yeah, I mean I can I can understand and it, it is a, a thrill if you've never been up on stage in front of people performing and having those people actually like what you're doing. Yeah, that's like the best. That's why bands do what they do, really. They wouldn't they wouldn't really be around if people didn't like them.
0: What is it about their their music and the way that they sing it? I know there's there's some personal stuff that they sing about, you know, and you can kind of inter- it's really easy to inter- basically really easy to internalize, you know, their music and stuff like that. So what's it like for you when you were standing in the audience tonight?
2: well i I was mostly trying to first of all enjoy the show and actually listen mm-hmm. um but group love they're they're great storytellers just in their music, and even if you honestly even if you can't even understand a lot of the words that they're saying, like is this the case at a live concert, mm-hmm. you still get the feeling that they're trying to invoke, and that's not a thing that a lot of people can do you know in their music, you know people can sing about whatever, but if it doesn't make the audience feel anything, you know, then they're, you know, that's what, that's what makes a great band versus just a good band.
0: At what point did you start to feel, uh, you know, kind of comfortable or kind of lose yourself, like in the show? Like what, what point?
2: Well, I mean, it kind of filled up more after the first band, Reptar, were done and more people came in and that's when it really got, kind of got packed. Uh, after the first song or two, um, I kind of forgot about it for the most part, that all these people were around. You know, I mean, people were, you know, pushing and shoving, but everybody was experiencing that. So kind of, the music kind of took over. And it's interesting for me to have just like this morning watch these guys on YouTube with millions and millions of other people and then gone into a venue with just a couple, you know, a thousand people and got to see them live. It's cool. It's kind of a, am you know, not worshipping them or anything but you know it's 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 a cool thing it's like you know meeting one of your heroes or something
0: yeah it's it's interesting you say that too because i was, we were i was talking to somebody else about this that you know this day and age a band can get to know uh, uh, fans can get to know the band in so many different ways before they actually get to the show you know they're already that emotional connection has already started to build and there's never been a point in history where that's really you know, been sped up at the speed of w- which it is, you know, today and that's a good point you bring up that, you know, you're watching the YouTube, you know, watching some, uh, f- you know, reading some Facebook posts of other people, you know, and then when people listen to this interview, they're going to get to know the band and kind of build onto to that and one of what the, they say tonight that uh, this is the biggest show that they've played as a headlining band tonight. They said it, you know, many, many times you know, and they were Really thankful, gracious, you know, to that. But that's kind of interesting that, you know, you got to know the band before and then, you know, you started to. What, what do you mean when you said you were kind of looking up, looking up to them in, in a way? Well, what, what, do you, what, what do you mean? It's,
2: it's like, OK, when I go to a baseball game and I walk into the stadium for the first time and I see all these famous professional athletes on the field that are getting paid millions and millions of dollars. It's, it's a very cool experience for me. It's one of the things that I really like about going to baseball games. And it's kind of a similar sense here where, like, I feel like I know these people already before I even walked into the Metro tonight just because of, you know, this day and age. There's, you know, YouTube and Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff that, you know, kind of gives people a more – intimate look at the bands versus maybe, you know, 20 years ago when all you had was the album beforehand and then you go see them. Um, it's, it's just a, it, it's a pretty cool experience for me. It's like meeting somebody famous almost.
0: So you, if you had a chance to uh, sit down and talk with the band, what would be some things that you would ask them, you know, about tonight's performance? Some things you wanted to know a little bit more about? I know you noticed you, you were able to pick out certain things. Uh, some tattoos? Or something about the band uh if you could talk a little bit more about that and then you know what would you ask them or what would you want to talk about with them about tonight's show
2: well i happened to notice um first we were closest to the bassist and i happened to notice on his right forearm like right by his elbow there was a tattoo right there it's a small kind of rectangular shaped tattoo and then i noticed it on the lead singer and then i noticed it on the other lead singer the, the lady and um could be a coincidence. I could have seen it wrong, but to me it seems like they got a tattoo, like the same tattoo for all of them, which is, I think, pretty cool. I mean, it it means that they're all together as one, you know. Um, so, I mean, they have a pretty cool history that I only know a very little bit about, so I would probably ask them about that, of how they really came to be, and about the tattoo, obviously. And uh, really, their show was... Really cool, and
0: is there anything that you would ask other fans you know uh, that were you know to share that experience with us?
2: Well, the reason that I was there and the reason that a lot of people were there, I feel is very, very different, like I just kind of chose this almost at random, but these people that were there knew all the words and they were you know really getting into it, so obviously they have a deeper connection to this band than I do, which is very cool and um so i'd probably ask them about that like really what it means to them versus versus me
0: well thanks matt thanks for joining us and uh we'll have to have you back on the show tell share some more uh metro stories your next uh, next concert man thanks a lot of course thank you chris all right welcome back great chat with matt's uh again it's 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 such a sacred thing to take someone to their first show again i I had no idea that he was uh, going to his first show We kind of kind of found that out as we were walking to the venue but um, a couple of things that uh, I really loved about it my chat with with uh, with Matt was uh, his baseball analogy um, you know he uh, he likened his first concert experience to going up. Uh, you know, and seeing a, a a baseball stadium for the for the first time, and I didn't really, I didn't really think of that at you know at first. I don't know. Have you ever, have you ever likened your first concert experience, Kyle, to to something other than the concert experience itself?
1: No, I think for me, my first concert experience was all about who I went with and what I experienced. It mm-hmm. wasn't really. I mean, I enjoyed the music, but it was. I remember a bunch of people from high school going and... What was your first concert? Green Day. Oh, it was Green Day. That's right. Green Day was one of the first concerts. I think I knew that me.
0: already, but I just want to make sure. Um,
1: and, you know, I just, I don't know, it was just around a lot of friends. Um, the crowd was awesome. There was a lot of moshing going on. And it was, there was just a lot going on. It wasn't just um, listening to the music for mm-hmm. me. And that's what I remember. I remember more of that than anything. You know, and I think that's for a lot of people they remember the atmosphere they remember what they did who they went with then um, then the music yeah but I think the older you get the more you enjoy the music and how the music sounds
0: see, at least ca- that's for me see that's kind of interesting you mentioned that too and I was thinking about that when I was talking with when when Matt was kind of explaining and some of the highlights of what he you know uh, what he remembered during his first show kind of what he called out you know and he mentioned some of the things he he uh, he noticed of the band uh their tattoos, so during our chat we we weren 't really sure uh, or weren 't really sure of what was actually on their arm and i uh did do some research and the band does uh, they all have the same tattoos uh called group um, g r o o you know g r o u p on their uh, right forearm for their band for their bands and there's an interview that we'll uh we'll have a link to in the show notes. That where they kind of talk about that is actually initiation of one of the band members of the bassist. I don't remember his name exactly, but uh, they kind of talk about how those tattoos are, were part of the initiation into the band when they all met. So they're all, um, part of them is, are from California, part of them from New York, and the band uh, kind of gelled a little bit in, uh, in Crete. Uh, in uh, in Greece, so they had a, a chance to kind of initiate a band, and Matt noticed the tattoos, and the tattoos are actually a, a key element of the band uh, during uh, during their initiation, as they you know they kind of did that. So kind of interesting. Matt picked. So what if know, they switch bands? Out, you know, <laughs> what if they switch bands? Yeah, they're gonna tattoo they just, over it. <laughs> no, they just cut off their arm. Oh, okay. It's very simple, you know, <laughs> and then they try to play concert with with only one arm. Um, but in any case. Very interesting thing. So it, it it's kind of uh, kind of makes me think what people you know what really makes a show. And like you said, it uh, it's who you're with. You know, if it's your first show, most people when we ask them what are their most memorable show when it comes to their first concert experience, they almost always mention who they're with. It's not so much the music experience itself. Kind of kind of interesting to think about that, right? And in and how we process you know, the, the group experience of of going to a show. And to be quite honest, I didn't do any research. I did very little. I let Matt pick what show he went to, what he wanted to go to, you know, and part of the, part of the deal in the, in, in the, in the bet that we, that we had was that, you know, he picked the band and I bought the ticket, you know, and I bought him one drink, you know, I said, I'll buy you one drink. And then, you know, then that's it or whatever. But uh, I did very little research on the band. I, I wanted to know a little about group love as possible. So I kind of wanted to put their live music show to the test to see how they really, you know, could they really pass it. And from the minute they took the stage, I was uh, I was drawn in. I've uh, been a big fan of their um, Never Trust a Happy Song is their uh, debut album. I love that love that album more and more. And going to the show... As I listen to the album, more and more images of the show begin to kind of replay in my mind you know what what I was looking at uh, we've had We have some pictures of actual fans that I took during the show. They were kind of hugging each other, so you know had a little fun and took some fans of actually showing some group love happening at group love show so group love definitely passes the live test hopefully you know hopefully we can have them on the show to talk a little bit more about what goes on in their mind during the show. But uh, nonetheless, uh, great.
1: And uh, I know you you had kind of put together some comments of other people's f- first concert experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've uh, we've not only you know looked at Matt, but um, if we uh, take you guys through through some Twitter streams here. So what I've done is looked at uh, Twitter and I put in uh, first concert, you know, and hit hit enter and uh, pulled up a Twitter search, and it's. It's kind of interesting. You know, you get, obviously, you know, um, you know. there's some background on this. Uh, you know, people, big people that are most tweeted about on Twitter tend to be, you know, uh, Justin Bieber, uh, who, um, I don't know if we didn't talk about him in the news, but we will eventually. He just had a big uh, concert in uh, Mexico. He just had more people show up to a Mexico's, concert in Mexico, Mexico City than Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney had about 230,000. Bieber drew... Upwards of three hundred thousand. So, a lot of these Twitter uh, feeds here uh, are showing up. My first concert, uh, Justin Bieber. I'm going to see him. It's going to be my first concert. Um, you know, honestly, you know, people are saying, you know, uh, Slipknot. You know, I'm uh, proud to say that. But what people are saying is that their first concert are being defined mostly by who they're with, and you know what what they felt during that show. So again, for the first time in modern rock concert history we're able to actually see and document what people are feeling via via twitter so um if you ever tweeted during your first concert or you've tweeted during a concert for the first time we'd love to hear what you guys think about that like what what made you want to share your your concert experience and what did you tweet about was it who you were with was it what you saw was it how the music made you feel We'd like to see what, you know, what you guys actually uh, tweeted. And, uh, you know, we'd love, again, we'd love to have you on the show and kind of talk a little bit more about that, right? Um, the other thing is that we've been doing an experiment before uh, involving Rolling Stone magazine, rollingstone.com, and Doc Martens have this really sweet uh, My First Concert experience. So, again, we'll have all the show notes, uh, a, a link to this on uh, livefixblog.com. But basically what this is, is that uh, there was a promotion that they did a while ago. Rolling Stone and Doc Martens got together and uh, had fans submit their very first concert. So there is a whole bunch of really interesting... Uh, Submissions. ...stories. So, for example, there's one here, first concert, Bob Dylan, 1995. Uh person says here, uh, uh, Lance Rainey, winding up in the first row until my friend blacked out, being about two feet away from Dylan for a few songs was pretty mind-blowing. So that's this person's very first concert experience two feet away from Bob Dylan. I don't think Bob Dylan showed his boob because he doesn't have boobs, right? But not like Madonna. So, any case, sorry. So some other ones here, and it's just a... a lot
1: of people from Kiss. A lot of people. Yeah, play. a lot of a
0: lot, of, a lot of Kiss, 1977, uh, Kiss with uh, Uriah Heap. Uh, this one person says, huge fan of Uriah Heap. I just discovered Kiss. How do you
1: just discover Kiss? Doesn't everyone know who Kiss is? This is
0: 1977.
1: This person ah, I see. Okay, saw them in
0: 1977. I didn't, I
1: didn't realize the date on there. Okay, yeah, so that makes sense. They're
0: remembering their. So they're fairly new to the public then. Their first concert was seeing Kiss with Uriah Heep during Kiss's okay rise to the top, and then one person here has their very first concert. Linda Rockhold, 1964. Guess who? The Beatles. So she's she's recommend she's uh recollecting my friend Pam couldn't go, so I went to see the Beatles with my mom, who was very cool. She was also my best friend and bought the tickets. I was so excited to be there and nearly hysterical, but being with my mom helped me help me keep my cool. The audience was so loud that I don't remember being able to hear the music very well, but thank God mom brought her binoculars so we could see them. I was in love with Paul and George and of course John was brilliant. My mother thought John and Paul were geniuses. I learned to understand music from listening to the Beatles and fell in love with guitars as far as that night in August 26, 1964. I remember warm breezes off the mountains, beautiful Red Rocks Theater, and the best band in the world had finally come to our town.
1: Oh, she really points, That's amazing. Pic- puts a picture in your so head. So she
0: she puts you right there. You Absolutely. You, you kind of get a gist of all the things that, that stood out uh, to her. And then... Right below it gets it, even better. The right below it here, we have Jimi Hendrix, 1965. So that was this person's very first. Richard
1: concert. Yes, Edwards. Yes, Richard
0: Edwards. Uh, he says it was amazing. Hendrix was the opening act for the main act, the Monkeys. So there is a documentary that, that that's about uh, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, I don't know what it's called The Experience or what it so is So Jimi Hendrix actually opened for the monkeys. He opened for the monkeys. yeah, there's a scene wow. in that movie Where he's, he's upset with his promoter He's like, you gotta get me off this tour I can't keep opening for the monkeys." So there's, the, there's a whole element And there. he
1: was 12 years old and, and it totally blew his
0: mind Yeah, wow. so this fan, Richard In 1965 Hendrix you're 12 His years very old. first show was seeing uh, At the age of 12 Was seeing Jimi Hendrix So would Richard want to see a hologram of Jimi Hendrix? That's the question this is fascinating. So, uh, RollingStone.com, uh, you know, has something really, really interesting here, and, and it's great to kind of celebrate that. I
1: like this one in 2004. Uh, Cecily, Cecilia, it looks like. Um, mm-hmm. She wrote. It was. It actually, she wrote about being at the Black Eyed Peas concert in 2004. Yep. It was a cold and wet day in the May of, of May of 2004. People in the audience were given free beach towels to stay warm. I vividly remember. Bono's lengthy speech before the black eyed peas took the stage. It's pretty interesting, you know? Pretty interesting how people, their first experiences...
0: And, wh- and what they recollect, what gets stored what in they the long term... Beach towels. She remembered beach towels. Right, beach towels. So she's remembering touch. So a lot of experiments that we've done before in live fix are about the five senses, like which sense is most important. So as you read through all these, you kind of get a sense of, you know, she remembers... You know, the, the touch, you know, what she felt, um, you know, on her skin, you know, her sense And, and most people, you know, memory,
1: memory usually is formed um, because there's something it connects to. So your brain sort of works and you have short-term long-term mm-hmm. and long-term memory. And long-term um, memory exists, uh, things that you remember when you're younger, things that um, you've... Uh, store, basically stored away Okay And short term memory are things that just sort of happen Like a phone number, just someone throws a number at you Or a fact at you um, Or a name at you And you only have, you know, really a few seconds To either store it in your long term Or to You're basically going to lose it mm. So in order to store it into your long term You have to connect it to something in your long term mm. So for You know, this girl probably was connecting Or for the one person I think this is the girl that saw the Beatles, you know she connected to her um, to her mother you know mm. she remembers seeing you know her being mom. there with her mom, so mm. that probably is why she's able to remember all of that my guess mm. I mean the uh. brain is very powerful, so we don't know much about the memory, but what we do know is that there's short term and there's long term memory
0: Wow. Fantastic. So who knows? Fantastic.
1: Who knows? First memory experiences could be, um, you know, obviously something that's stored, but also something that are already, they've already experienced in their life and they're attaching it to.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, my first concert was, was Aerosmith at uh, what is called, I think it was Tinley Park now, but. Um, World Theater? World Theater, right. Mm-hmm. Was seeing, was seeing uh, Aerosmith, which my mom did not know I was going to. I went with a couple of uh, friends from high school, and I, uh, what I remember from that show is not the band playing. It's I had a concert shirt, and the smell on the concert shirt smelled the pot. Of course, I didn't do any pot at the show, but I remember going home and, and, and like it was uh, as if it was a shrine. I was hanging the shirt up in my, in my closet, you know, making sure that it was you know like not disturbed. You know and then there was a point, you know of course my mom she stumbled upon the shirt or something like that and she smelled it and she was like, "Where'd you get this?" And I said, "Oh is that a show? You know how would you get there?" and so on and so forth but I remember the smell of that uh, you, know, you know I put my, my, my face up to the, the fabric of the shirt and I'd smell the smell the concert and that's how I remembered it. You know, the smell of the pot or the smell of the, the people that, you know, I think there was some beer spilled on it or something like that. But I didn't wash that shirt for a while because I didn't want to lose that that sense of smell because it was connected and bringing me back to that memory. So, and don't they say, isn't smell the, the, the strongest sense connected to memory? I'm sure it's right? one
1: of them. I wouldn't say that's uh, probably the strongest. I don't know if that's but... something that
0: I heard that when people are trying to uh, recall certain parts of their memory, um, they usually engage uh, smell because it... It, uh, it, it triggers and that can that can memory, be one I think you know, that all
1: the senses can bring you back yeah. and trigger things.
0: Yeah. So lots of awesome awesome stories here we've talked about and um, you know I want to uh, wrap this up here with uh, one one last thing and uh, you know we'll we'll continue this but I just want to mention it out real real quick before we wrap up is uh, we we've begun an experiment uh, we uh, I have a, a, a Show or a um, a vinyl album, uh, Johnny Cash, uh, Live at Folsom Prison. And there's something about that show, you know, I never had a chance to see Johnny Cash live, but there's an experiment that I've started uh, uh, specifically about uh, looking at the cover of the album. There's a bead of sweat that's kind of dripping down the side of his face. And it makes me wonder a lot like what we've been talking about here with our live concert experiences, our first concert experiences. You know, about like what makes you sweat during a show. And if uh, when you're sweating, when you're giving, you know, going beyond, you know, the, uh, the, the internal emotional and you're into the physical, physiological change during a show, you're moving around, you're sweating, you're, you know, you're, you're engaging in, in, in the music, dancing or twirling or, you know, mosh pitting or sur- uh, crowd surfing, whatever it is. Um, Is that an important thing to get the most out of the show? Um, You know, if we don't engage in that way, do we have truly memorable concert experiences? You know, are some of our first concert experiences memorable because we went to that physical, we went beyond the the usual physical boundaries, you know, of that. So a little experiment, we're calling it the Johnny Cash uh, Folsom Sweat Experiment or something like that. The Pleasure Sweat is what I'm calling it. Do you really have, do you, do you, do you pleasure sweat at your shows? You know, um, and we're talking about first concert experiences. So, when you went to your first concert, did you have a you know was there pleasure sweat involved, or was it just just you and the music, whatever whatever it was? So uh, that's about it. Uh, we're 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 done with this with this show. We've uh, had a fa- fantastic show. I mean, I, it's flown time has flown by. I don't know about you, Kyle, but. This is uh, fantastic. So, we're, we're heading into the you know, to the, the heat of summer. Probably be sweating a lot at shows. So, uh, all the show notes will be uh, on at uh, livefixblog.com. Again, we would love to have you guys uh, call our concert fan hotline. Again, that number is 773 609 4341. Again, and make sure
1: you find us on Twitter and Facebook.
0: Yes, we're there. We are li- at, uh, on Twitter at uh, livefixmedia, Facebook. Uh, live fix, we're on Google Plus again love to hear your stories, tell us what you think thank you for listening and we will see you later